Hey everyone, before we start the show today, I have an important favor to ask you. Over and over again, we've had people tell us just how much they love our unique show format, coaching everyday freelancers to help them scale. But here's the tough truth. We can't do a show like this on our own. Sure, we could just do a few interviews with the same authors and experts you hear on all your other favorite podcasts, but we love talking with real freelancers in the trenches. So here's the favor. If you've been lurking in the shadows, if you've been listening for a while, but you've never come on the show, we need you. Visit freelance2founder.com and scroll to the bottom of the page where you can sign up to come chat with me and Clay on your own episode. Your business doesn't have to be perfect, your website doesn't have to be live, and you don't have to know anything about podcasting. We want to help you make progress in your business. That's it. So visit freelance2founder.com or click the link in our episode description and we'll chat soon. Okay, now onto the show. Hey everyone, I'm Preston Lee. And I'm Clay Mosley. And this is Freelance to Founder. Every week we sit down with freelancers like you for actionable coaching calls with one mission. To help you ditch the feast famine lifestyle and build your own sustainable business. At one point, we were both brand new freelancers, barely making ends meet. But by now, we've started, grown, and even sold a few businesses of our own. And we want to help you do the same. If you're ready to go from freelance to founder, then join the army of freelancers who are taking matters into their own hands. Visit freelancetofounder.com to apply for your own on-air coaching call. And now, get ready to take some notes because an all-new episode of Freelance to Founder starts right now. On today's show, have you ever wished you could actually get paid to do things like write up a proposal or send a pitch? Well, today's guest, Austin Church, reveals how he built a system to sell strategy to his clients, allowing him to get paid for a lot of the work that many of us do before ever closing a deal. Austin also opened my eyes to how selling strategy can lead to increasing your rates, only working with clients that you actually like, and scaling up your business fast. You don't want to miss the next 40 minutes, trust me. We'll get started right after this quick message from our sponsors. Whether you want to travel more or communicate better with international clients, you need to try Babbel. I've used Babbel's courses, and you can do the same in order to learn real-life conversation skills in a different language, order food, ask for directions, or speak to clients without having to use translation apps. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription. This is only for our listeners at babbel.com freelance. That's 60% off at babbel.com freelance, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash freelance. Rules and restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Freelance to Founder. I am Preston Lee with Milo.co and I'm writing solo today. Well, solo in terms of hosting uh, Clay Mosley, who's usually here with me, my friend Clay from GetDripify.com. He is off today. As many of you know, Clay is a new dad and so we're trying to give him as much time off as we possibly can so that he can be home with his daughter and his wife uh, but I am joined by my friend Austin, who's calling in, did you say from Nashville, Austin? I grew up in Nashville, live in Knoxville to the east. Knoxville, yeah. sorry, okay. Yeah, calling from Knoxville today, and uh, I've been to Tennessee quite a number of times, uh, and it's it's beautiful over there. That, that whole side of the country, I love it. I have some family out there, and um, just beautiful out in your area. Well, give me a ring next time you're in town. I'll... I'll pay for your lunch, and it would be great to meet up in person <laughs> when people are doing more of that. 
Yeah, doing more of that kind of thing. Today, Austin's going to chat with us a little bit about uh, pivoting from selling a service like writing or design or marketing or development or whatever service you currently sell to maybe selling to some client's uh, strategy and, and maybe becoming a little bit more of a consultant. Austin, why don't you, before we dive into that, why don't you tell us just a little bit about what you do in your business and where this idea of selling a strategy uh, came from? Sure. So right now, my business is split between brand consulting for e-commerce founders. I help them create actionable strategy and build what I would call a real brand. The other half of the business is growth coaching for ambitious freelancers who want more free time and fun. I think a lot of us actually start to hit some of our income goals and then, uh-oh, we're, we've been <laughs> too busy to enjoy our lives. And so the whole, yeah. <laughs> let's put the free back in freelancing becomes the new goal. But I um, love that. I guess that's a good segue into how I started with this whole strategy as a standalone offer thing. Because back in 2015, I was splitting my time between a tech startup I had co-founded and invested in and freelancing. So freelancing was still paying the bills, but the vast majority of my time was going to the startup. And so I needed to make a lot more money in a lot less time. I just had less time inventory, you might say. And then mm. to further um, complicate or enrich the problem, my wife <laughs> and I had uh, our second kid in July of that year. So yeah. our family was growing. And if I'm honest, I had taken my eye off the ball. I hadn't raised my rates in a couple of years. I'd been mm. so focused on the startup, I'd let my client base grow stale or, or cold. And so suddenly I found myself needing to like really ramp up earning while having very little time, while having bigger financial needs. And so I was sort of staving off this full-on panic thinking, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And I really have to hand it to a guy named Brennan Dunn. He had a oh, podcast. Yeah. He's great. Um, super Fantastic. smart. Love I love the way he teaches. He's able to break down concepts. He's just, he's very talented. And um, anyway, so I'm, <laughs> I don't know if this makes it better or worse, but we're quite literally, Preston, driving to the beach. And um, my mind's racing because I'm like, what am I going to do? I don't want to be spending money. We need to be sa like, you know, being Mr. Responsible <laughs> Dad or whatever. And so I'm, I'm binge listening to, I think it was called The Business of Freelancing, his podcast. And he starts talking about road mapping. Well, he's a software developer, you know, so I had never heard about a writer or someone with my skill set doing anything remotely close to what he was talking about. But, he, you know, listening to him talk, a light came on. And I thought, okay, I'm short on time. If I'm, I'm, I'm starting to burn down. I haven't burned out yet, but I'm tired. <sighs> what am I going to do? And I certainly can't afford to show up 
at coffee shops and do these two-hour marathon discovery sessions with a potential client and then try to put together... It was like, I was just done with free discovery. I just didn't have the time. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. long story short, I just tried it. A client said, hey, we think we want to hire you for some content marketing. And I just threw out this idea that, well, maybe we should do some road mapping first. And so I think that was... It was early the following year. So this is early 2016 when I finally like made the jump and tried it. And it worked really well. It worked really well in several ways. Number one, I actually got paid to create the proposal because I'm helping them get <laughs> clarity. Oh man, it was like it was like um revelation, right? Like, wait, I feel like I'm cheating. And winning, and they're thrilled <laughs> because they didn't have clarity. They didn't, they knew some of the paths available to them, but they had never really created and held that space to carefully consider various things that they could do, paths they could go down. And I think that most entrepreneurs, most small business owners don't really have a decision making problem. They have a clarity problem because if they get Mm -hmm. the clarity, then they have the confidence in the path forward. So, Especially um, like in in specialized uh, places, right? A a lot of times an entrepreneur is not a developer or not a writer or mm -hmm. not a content marketer. And so they, because they're an entrepreneur, they kind of fake it (laughs) if they have to and they they pretend they know. And, you know, I do this all the time, obviously, and you, you make it work. But then like, how much better is it when an expert actually comes to you and says, here are three good options. Just pick one, and then you, yeah, the decision making process becomes so much easier because you have all the clarity. I love that. That's right. And even let's say path number one scored a B plus, path number two scored an A minus. Maybe there was a small difference in quality or potential between the two. Regardless, making any decision and moving forward with that, getting real feedback from the market iterating over time, you're still going to end up better in the long run than if you had deliberated longer. And so that idea Mm. of creating clarity, which create confidence, which creates or spurs on decisive action was really exciting to me. And, and, and what you said about getting paid to create the proposal, you know, on this, on this show, uh, maybe you've heard us say, and I know listeners who have been listening a while have heard me and Clay both say how much we hate proposals because they're, oh, they yeah. they take up so much time. Like yes. you, you just you. I mean, it's not guaranteed money, so so you you could spend hours and hours and hours. Yes. You know, freelancers are always complaining about, well, I don't do work for free, and then they go and write up a proposal that takes a half a day to make, not even knowing if they're going to get the job from it, and 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 so we're always like just cut out the proposals put something up for sale make an offer on your website people can say yes or no to and then they can hire you but i love this idea too where it's like if you still want to be able to make proposals because it makes the process easier down the road to just execute on why not mm-hmm. get paid for that up front right. right and and, and right. you say i will develop a strategy and then execute that strategy for you and then the developing the strategy really is just your proposal that's right. And so I would, you know, now I call it a wayfinding workshop, or if it's a day long, mm. I call it a one day sprint. But mm. the the value is still the same in that I'm going to help you with strategy and help you with a plan. 
And a hidden benefit to me is I get to vet the client. So the, uh, yeah. the other sunk cost of putting together a proposal is sometimes by the time you finish putting together the proposal, you've had enough interactions with the client that your enthusiasm for the project has already <laughs> gone down. But now yeah. you feel like, well, it's a burden hand. And if they say yes, I'd better take it. And you just talk yourself already, into... Like you said, sunk cost. I put so much work into this proposal. That's right. Yeah. That, that's right. And so I, I think it's a win-win with the right clients to say, tell you what, why don't I help you with some strategy and planning? And then meanwhile, I'm going to see whether or not we work well together, whether I like yeah. working with you. And if the answer is no, well, when I deliver that plan or that roadmap, I just don't include the options to keep working with me at the end. I just leave mm-hmm. that part out. So they, as far as they know, and I'm not being deceitful or anything, but as far as they know, this is it. This is the end of the engagement. However, mm-hmm. if it is a client where I'm like, wow, like that was fun. We did get a lot of clarity. I saw them light up and have fresh energy and fresh confidence. And, you know, they're like, you know, chomping at the bit, ready to go do this thing now because they're confident in it. Well, great. Like, let me come along for the ride. If you liked this wayfinding workshop or if you liked this one-day sprint, you'll really like doing this on a more regular basis. Or you'll really like my messaging and copywriting. Or you'll really like my brand strategy. So um, one other thing that's worth mentioning, I think the clients that are willing to invest in strategy on the front end are signaling that they want to take a more sensible approach to business and not this brute force approach. So those are the people that I really like working with, people who are going to have some rhythm of reflection and strategy and planning built in. They see the value in that. So if someone even says yes to this, that's normally a pretty good sign. Hmm. Yeah, and why do you why do you think like what's the difference between clients who are willing to pay for something like that versus ones who think you should do that kind of work for free? And how do you find more, I guess, of the clients who who see the value in a, a strategy or a, or a um, what were you calling them a wayfinding wayfinding workshop? So yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, maybe it helps for me to define strategy. My definition of strategy is the group or collection of decisions you plan to make to get from where you are to where you want to be. And if a client comes to me and they say, we think we kind of want to go over there, I, I said this earlier, usually there's more than one way to get there. Hey, we we need to increase our the perceived authority of our brand. Okay, great. Are you going to start a podcast? Are you going to show up on LinkedIn and post every day? Are you going to be really helpful on Twitter? Are you going to start sending out an email newsletter? What marketing assets do you already have available, right? Like there are a bunch of different ways we could go after this. But until I know what you've done in the past, what has worked, what hasn't worked, I can't really make 
tailored recommendations. You don't really leverage my full expertise and experience if we don't spend 90 90 minutes, two hours really delving into what has happened in the past for you so that we can sift through all that, come up with what works, has worked, and then double down on what has worked. So if they are not in the habit of making decisions based on a bigger strategy and all they're doing is just chasing tactics, um, that's normally a red flag for me. You're going to say something, I think. Yeah, well I was I was just going to ask like I guess yeah, how do you how do you uh what do you, what do you do when a client says uh can we just jump on a quick call to chat about what what I'm looking for? I mean, do you do oh, you take I, those calls? Do you where yes. do you draw the line between like an hour long phone call that could be seen as, you know, sharing the strategy versus like a, an intentional like day long wayfinding workshop or something like that? That is a great question. I'm glad you asked that. So I'm happy to hop on a 20-minute get-to-know-you call, which is exactly what it sounds like. I want to get to know you. I want to get a sense of your personality, what drives you, um, whether you you were on time to the call, whether you interrupted me when I was mid-sentence. Like You can pick up on all these cues in 20 minutes that will really Uh help you understand what it might be like to work with this person. And it's not like you have to give away the farm in terms of all of your ideas. But I I love face-to-face time with people because it helps us all form an emotional connection. And it's easier to sell to people who have an emotional connection to you. So even if I'm not necessarily selling on that first 20-minute call, at least I've begun building trust, building rapport. Also, I can begin to ask what I call consultative questions, open-ended questions. I have a whole list of them that I have collected over the last 13 years. And by the way, I'm happy to give those to whoever wants them. Just find me on LinkedIn or through one of my websites. Anyway, yeah, we'll be we'll be sure to link we'll be sure to link up your website and your LinkedIn profile in the show notes of this episode. So, if you want to catch up with Austin, um, just open up the you know whatever you call it show notes description uh, right in your podcast app. There will be a link right there. You can check it out. Perfect. So, one of those consultative questions is really not vague, but like I said, open ended. So, Preston, why are we here? Okay, what happened? that made you want to do X. And X is typically that request they made, the thing they reached Mm -hmm. out about. And so Mm -hmm. I'll begin to, I call it, I compare it to like a buried dartboard where assume that you're only seeing part of it. So even if you were to hit the middle of the part you can see, well, once you uncovered the rest of the dartboard, (laughs) you would find that you were nowhere close to the bullseye. And maybe this is just being a cantankerous old freelancer now, but I have had a bunch of projects where I did exactly what they asked me to do and they were still dissatisfied at the end because the project itself began to uncover the full scope of needs. And Mm. it became pretty clear halfway through the product, sorry, project, that just building a new website wasn't going to solve the marketing problems, right? And it was like, right. well, I, you know, uh, even if they don't 
blame me. Could I still have done a better job at the very beginning, just asking the right questions to uncover the dartboard so that we can decide together, this is the bullseye, right? And so... Mm. The this bullseye. is this is this reminds me of. I'm uh, sorry to interrupt. This is this oh, reminds me of Clayton Christensen's um, jobs to be done thinking. Yes. And, and when you're working when you're working with a customer or a client, you focus on the job to be done. And when a customer comes, the classic example is like when a customer comes in to buy a drill bit. Uh, they don't actually need a drill bit; they need a hole. So they don't need a quarter-inch <laughs> drill bit; they need a quarter-inch hole, right. right? So if there's That's another right. way to get them a hole, like you know, you could sell them that potentially. But right now, a drill bit appears to be the, the fastest path to that. But uh, but if the same thing can happen. This is exactly what you're saying: is like you can go into you can if you if you don't take this approach that you're talking about, where you kind of where you also become a consultant instead of just an executor. I think this is what mm-hmm. I this is what I'm getting out of it is like you can be an executor and a lot of us in our early days of freelancing we just execute. The client calls mm-hmm. us, they say I want a logo, I want it to look exactly like this. I literally <laughs> this is so embarrassing and I I don't do logo design anymore. There's a good reason for it, but you know, working from home is mostly great, but there are some days when I realize I haven't left my house or even my chair like all day. Have you been there? Getting outside to exercise or making a trip to the gym are just harder now that my office is just a flight of stairs away. If you're stuck in the same rut as me, then you should try Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W. With the Hydro rower and 20 minutes a day, getting a full body workout is so much easier. Hydro can work up to 86% of your muscles in just 20 minutes for an insane effective home workout. That's because Hydro pairs the effectiveness of rowing with the power of technology to connect you with over 5,000 video trainings, classes, and workouts. And get ready to get out from behind your home desk because after a few months of daily rowing with Hydro, your partner's going to want to take you out for a night on the town to show you off. This spring, join the growing rowing community at Hydro. Head over to Hydro.com and use code FREELANCE to save up to $400 off your Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W.com and promo code FREELANCE to save $400. Hydro.com, promo code FREELANCE, or just click the link in our show description. Have you ever noticed that many of the problems people call in with on this show can be solved by hiring someone? Sometimes you need a full-fledged team, other times maybe just a simple assistant or an expert in something you're not great at. Whatever your reason for hiring, we recommend you take a look at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. As you may know already, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn Jobs makes the process of finding the perfect teammate easy and intuitive. Hiring is always easy when you have access to so many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours when using LinkedIn Jobs. I've used it myself, and it was so simple. In fact, I've made multiple hires using LinkedIn Jobs. And did I mention, by the way, it's free to business owners like me and you. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash freelance. That's linkedin.com slash freelance to post your job for free or click the link in our show description. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, when when I first started as a freelancer, I kind of took any jobs I could get, right? Like a lot of us do. And uh, I literally had a client after I sent a few logos they didn't like, he literally sketched it out on a piece of paper and I took it into Illustrator and basically more or less just 
copied what he did and and polished it up a little bit and he was mm-hmm. like it's perfect and and that's <laughs> that's an executor right that's just like that's, that's right. pushing pixels that's just like that's very low level work as opposed to this like strategic thinking becoming a partner becoming a consultant and saying ahead of time you might think you want a new logo what you actually need is a more mm-hmm. powerful brand and yes a logo might be part of that but here's what a good brand entails it's not just a mm-hmm. new logo it's also like like you said posting consistently on linkedin it's also creating high quality videos it's also talking about your brand in a certain way it's also using consistent fonts and colors like there's all these elements and so now yes. you're talking about not only not only a much bigger scope of a project, which means you can charge more if you want to work on that project, but it also means, like you said, higher satisfaction because at the end of the day, they're getting their quarter-inch hole. They're not getting a quarter-inch bit from you. You could just hand them the bit or you could hand them the actual solution, the hole, and they'll be mm-hmm. much more satisfied, much more likely to recommend you to other uh, other people. You'll get more referrals. Like There's so much upside to helping with the strategy and identifying ahead of time the real problem to be solved. You said it really well. And it took me a while to figure out, and this was my insecurity because I did not have a business background, did not have Mm. a marketing background. I was an English major twice over, but that actually worked (laughs) in my favor because I was a good thinker. And so I would be sitting there being told, hey, we just need new web content. And I would know enough to think, well, new web content isn't going to get you more web traffic. So where, even if you rewrite everything on the website, and yes, if I do it, it's going to be a lot better than what you've got. I'll give myself that much credit. But where's the traffic coming from? What what are the traffic generation strategies? Are are you all going to do any backlinking? Are you going to be you know, putting up a new post every week? Are you going to be showing up in other people's email newsletters? Like newsletters? It's, so I was almost cursed by this, um, I don't know, like special vision for, okay, underneath the request is a real desire. When they say, I want web content, or when they say, I want a logo, underneath that is, well, we don't just want, new web content, we want more leads to come through our website. We want inbound leads. And as you're in that um, first call, if you have some of those consultative questions and you begin to uncover the edges of that buried dartboard, both of you can recognize together that there's more of that work that needs to be done before they even know what constitutes a good investment for them. Yeah. yeah. And I even have this line where I'm like, don't get me wrong, I'd love to take all your money, but it's <laughs> actually not satisfying to do a project that doesn't get the job done because well, and, the and target like has I mentioned moved. Before, yeah. You don't get you don't get the referrals from it. You don't get a positive testimonial. Like you get a bunch of clients who think you did an okay job. And what you want are a bunch of clients who think you knocked it out of the park because you did. That's right. That's right. And as a creator and a craftsman of words and a builder of brands, I just find it more satisfying when I know that my work has has made 
<laughs> my client's life better. I really do love serving. And so yeah. it was painful and deflating to me to be a part of projects where I fulfilled the agreement, dotted every I, crossed every T. And again, it was like, well, our brand new website, it's much better in terms of the writing and we're still getting no traffic, right? And now I will tell clients straight up, I would rather the two of us or three of us or however many find the right problems to solve or opportunities to pursue and me ultimately have to refer you to someone else than for me to just give you exactly what you asked for when both of us are now confident that that's not all there is to this story. And it's true and it's persuasive in terms of people can see the logic in it, right? Like, well, it is true. It's sort of like um, a magician pulling like stuff out of a sleeve. Sometimes you (laughs) ask those questions and you're like pulling more and more and more out of the client, like a therapist. They haven't had a chance (laughs) to talk about this stuff in months. (laughs) And, um, but but it can be a lot of fun because once you put all that on the table, you can say, okay, well... The project has obviously changed. Why don't we tell you what? I have this I have this um, wayfinding workshop that I love, or maybe it, it is a one-day sprint if I think they need longer. Here's what I would recommend. So my first recommendation is let me help you get more clarity and confidence Taking decisive action will not be a problem for you once you have more clarity and confidence. And they get that. It makes sense. And the really cool thing is as soon as you're selling clarity and confidence and renewed energy and excitement, that passion that's freshly stoked, you can charge more for that than words. You can charge more for that than pixels and photos. And so back in... 2015, 2016, when I was first piloting this idea, I realized, I think the very first one, I charged 500 bucks for an hour and a half. Well, that's not a bad effective hourly rate, right? And, you know, working an hour and a half, I probably put in another hour after the fact, just cleaning it up and sending a plan that was truly actionable, but still... Let's say all in, I was three hours. Still not a bad... It was still better than what I'd been making before. Yeah, And that's when I got really excited because I thought, I'm good at this. I was already doing this, just not getting paid. I was burning down. (laughs) And now I'm actually feeling some fresh energy because I'm like, well, I would be delighted to sell more of these... uh, roadmapping sessions or content roadmapping sessions, whatever. And so that's how it all yeah. started. I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention too, because our show is freelance to founder, you know, the idea of scaling up a business, this to me seems like a great uh, inroad to scaling up. If you, so I know lots of listeners are, are craftsmen. They love the craft. But if you feel like you're maybe more of an entrepreneur or you'd like to be more of an entrepreneur, boy, what an opportunity to, mm-hmm. as we talk about uncovering that dartboard, right? Finding the real jobs to be done and developing a strategy that includes a lot of things you might not even know how to do, right? What an opportunity, though, to still sell that 
confidently and say, I can build a team that can get this done. And you maybe have a network of maybe, you know, going back to like this website example that you had before, or web, sorry, web content example that you had before. So maybe it's like, well, Yes, uh, you need more web content, but what you really need is more traffic. And so what I'm going to do is I will write the web content and I will also, together with my team, I will you know, partner with a, an SEO expert. I'll partner mm-hmm. with a web design expert to get your website faster because Google cares about that. Um, like All of these other elements that will impact traffic, you then bring on a team and, and essentially like work in an agency model where you're mm-hmm. the liaison between your team and the client, you're running the whole strategy because you came up with the strategy with the client, and, and but you're now able to charge agency rates because you have a whole team working on the, solving the problem. And then you're able to solve that larger problem, like you said, and drive real value and, and, and get the actual job done uh, that the client needs done. What you just described is exactly what happened for me. I, I started running a lean agency because... I had first right of refusal, not just mm. on the the initial request, but on the complete project or roadmap. So that's that a stipulation. That's a together. stipulation when you give the when you give the strategy that they buy. You also include that you get first right of refusal. Is that nope? I'm just saying at that point, I have built trust. I see. and and I have so just, positioned just naturally myself as a leader. Yeah. Yes. Yes, I mean, because at that point, they're kind of like, you're, I, I agree, we need to be working, we need to do technical SEO, we need to do on-page and off-page. We're not yeah. in the And then they're like, where do we start? Content. And you're like, well, do we I, happen to have, <laughs> I happen to and have a small team. Just so happens, that's right. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and so I was able, you're right that you have already positioned yourself as the premium option by charging for strategy and pricing is respect like pricing yeah. is part of your branding and so if you were out of the gate offering this trojan horse offer of strategy you just have a much you have more leverage if you actually want to sell some sort of ongoing or engagement or bigger project after the fact but i think it's really important to note that with every one of these I I sold, I did my very best to take the plan or the roadmap I delivered and make it so that it stood on its own, it had clear value. If they never bought anything else from me, they would still be thrilled with this one engagement. It was really important to me that I keep my promise about you can still implement this plan without me. This isn't, it is like a clever sales pitch that I get paid for, but it's also not. Like it's no, there's a also true there's plan. also value in it. Like if you walked away at that moment, they still got tons of value out of your transaction. Exactly. And because yeah. if you don't deliver, if you're gonna sell strategy as a standalone service and you don't deliver in the value department, it backfires. Now you've just 100%. disappointed them, right? And so uh, I do think it's really important to, with any client you work with, even if you're just saying, hey, let's start with the Trojan horse thing, strategy is a standalone offer, always be thinking about that fourth project and not just mm-hmm. the first one. And with strategy, 
wayfinding workshops, one-day sprints. Client experience is really important. So I do my very best to, if it's remote, um, maybe I'll send them a gift card in advance so that they can Mm. get some fancy coffee. Maybe I will... um, in part of the deal is that I'll just follow up in three months and six months. Like you can find other ways to just really sweeten the offer and make the experience of doing strategy with you really exciting. Um, yeah. Really helpful. And what, and what a lot of freelancers don't know is, or maybe they do, I, I think I think a lot of freelancers miss out on this opportunity is, man, sometimes, you know, the biggest complaint I hear from clients is that working with freelancers is a pain. That um, that they they don't they don't treat clients the way they should. They sort of treat clients like a burden, or you know things like that. And and I think there's there's this there's real power and value in what you're saying, where you're really you're laying it on thick <laughs> with these prospects, right? You're really mm-hmm. doing everything you can to not only add value but to to sweeten the deal a little too. Just even just like a like you said, a little gift card or or just something to like stand out um, from maybe an Upwork proposal or something that mm-hmm. someone's getting, where it's like a, a paragraph that took thirty seconds to write. You're really you're really standing out from a sea of mediocre freelancers, and you're you're making sure that you really shine. That's right. And two other things came to mind while you were talking. Number one, I think it's in Million Dollar Consulting by Alan Weiss. He has this great line. It goes something like this. You're paying me too much to get frustrated with you. (laughs) And I I think if you're going to assign a price to your strategy offer, make it so that you are really excited to make that amount of money for that amount of work. It leaves you some cushion or wiggle room to do fun stuff with... Like if I host one of the... uh, From time to time, I'll just host one of these because I've had people drive to Knoxville specifically to do one of these for me, they're just treating it like a quarterly offsite, right? All right, but yeah. I'm going to have lunch catered. I'm going to have like the best coffee, the best pastries. I'm going to give them one of the custom hats I had made for my studio. It's called Balernum. I'm going to roll out the red carpet. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny how people will pay me thousands of dollars for a wayfinding workshop and then thank you, or sorry, thank me for paying the $15 for their lunch. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, what are you right. talking about? Like, of course I'm going to buy your lunch. But all that to say, um, we just really <laughs> like caring, thoughtful people. And it's fun to take this experience and really make people feel special. Um, and then, and, and to your point, charge charge enough that you can do that, uh, and that you're happy to do it. It's true that the I find that the freelancers that complain the most are the ones who charge the least because mm-hmm. they just don't feel like the work that they're doing is worth it. And if if any little thing goes wrong or differently than they expected along the way, if the client has one more revision than they expected or one more question than they expected, suddenly it's like the end of the world working. because yep. Yeah, because you're not charging enough. So charge more, and and you'll find that you're more satisfied doing the work your client wants you to do for you. Okay, keep going. Well, and well, you. Um, I want to mention one thing, and yeah, you kind of alluded to this when you're delivering the report, the plan, the roadmap, whatever you want to call it. I really do think it helps to think in terms of packaging. 
Like I have a beautiful InDesign template that I will typically use. I think the showmanship is important once mm. you're delivering the plan because it's almost like at a restaurant, you know, really nice restaurant where maybe with a flourish they set down, you know, <laughs> they set down your this beautiful lobster or whatever that was on the prefix menu. So just thinking about ways to add to the perceived value is important. But yeah, I want to circle back. I didn't answer one of your earlier questions, which was, well, how do you get these clients? And that actually ties into what you just said about, well, you know, if you're undercharging and you have price sensitive clients, it's really easy for freelancers listening to this to think, well, that's nice for you, Austin. I don't have any clients who would ever pay for that. <laughs> right? Yeah. Because I, I think, no, this is great. Because I think the, the question I wanted to ask to, to wrap up to make sure that this is super actionable as we, as we draw to the end here is, is exactly what you're saying, which is like, if I'm stuck in this, Fixed price, uh, you know, writing up proposals for free. If I'm doing all the stuff we've been talking about, and I want to do what Austin's doing, like where where do I even start? So it's a great question. That the perennial marketing challenge for freelancers, right? And mm-hmm. there yeah. is the first piece of advice I would give is actually play to your strengths. So if you're good on video, make videos. If you're good. Uh, you know, if you're a good writer, start sending out a weekly newsletter. Play to your strengths, first of all. Have a one-page marketing plan. And by that, I mean a lot of us, when we, we decide we're going to get serious about marketing, we just decide we're going to show up on every platform and do all the things and we do none of them well. <laughs> uh, yeah. I happen to think that um, if you have clients currently that seem like they're only interested in paying the lowest price. I mean, I think the logical conclusion is either you don't have good positioning or you're fishing in the wrong ponds. So if you want to catch bigger fish, go fish in a bigger pond. Certain online platforms attract people, like certain marketplaces attract people that are interested in paying the lowest price. And so think about, well, where do the more value conscious people hang out? A lot of them are on LinkedIn. A lot of them are going to work through referral rather than even looking online. So you look at accountants and attorneys and other business professionals who might be able to refer you value conscious clients because those are the ones they already attract. I get most of my best referrals through my attorney. I get them through CPAs. I get them from sales professionals, like people whose job it is to know lots and lots of other people. Mm, right? Yeah, and so if you only have price-sensitive clients, I get it. We've all had budget constraints. Fish in a different pond, but use that one-page marketing plan to... Stay consistent with your marketing. And that just may mean for me right now, it's just like, I'm going to show up every day on LinkedIn and make one post and leave five comments on other people's posts. That's just what I'm doing. I've already gotten new leads from LinkedIn and I'm like six weeks into the year. Or no, sorry, we're three weeks into the year. I had a guy book a coaching call with me to potentially hire me as his coach. And I'm like, awesome. So it works. But 
It only works if you have a simple one-page marketing plan and you stay consistent. So I think we've all been there. I really do empathize with freelancers who are like, I'd love to sell strategy. Just, you know, everybody just treats me as a pair of hands or a paintbrush. I get it. I've been there. Find a different pond where people are willing to pay more and just fish there every single day. And be willing to put in the the strategic work as well. Get get good at strategy. You might not be mm-hmm. able to charge up front like huge huge amounts for your strategy, but if you can if you can start small, practice strategy, take feedback from clients, um, then bit by bit you'll be able to grow. Just like any other skill set or any other service that you offer, you'll be able to grow that, charge more, and continue to to grow as you go. That's a great point. I, I, I'm glad you brought that up. You don't have to charge an arm and a leg out of the gate. Mm-hmm. You could actually have a highly affordable strategy session. Maybe it's a 60-minute call, 45-minute call, whatever. Figure out the framework that you want to use. I don't improvise anymore. I go into these things already knowing what the agenda is going to be and which questions I'm going to ask. They're not a lot of work because all I'm doing is drawing stuff out of the client. So to your point... Start small, and if you like it, do more of them. If you don't yeah. like it, stop. I think you could even, depending on your your current client base, you could even go to your current clients and say, "Hey, you know, I I know I wrote a bunch of articles for you last year. I've been sort of tracking where they're ranking on Google, and I noticed some of them are ranking really well, and some are struggling a bit. I wonder, uh, you know, if would you like me to do a little bit of strategic work to uh, to send some." You know, high potential keywords your way, uh, and just help with the strategy, the SEO strategy this year as well. Like that, that could be something that maybe they would love. You know, maybe they only know that you do, or think they own. Sorry, let me try again. Maybe they think that you only write. Maybe they don't even know mm-hmm. that you have these other skills, right? And so that's right. I think just just like making your clients aware of this strategic thinking that you can do for them, strategic planning that you can do for them could could be a really easy way to get your foot in the door there as well. Well, you're right. We're all so capable. We're capable more than we realize. We're multifaceted. We're all already doing more than writing, even researching a blog post. It's like, well, how? what is your process for good research? It's probably more sophisticated than you realize. And so mm, yeah. to, go to, to go to your clients and say, I'm rolling out this new thing. I've kind of done it all along. I'm just going to formalize it now. I wanted to give you first right of refusal since I enjoy working with you. I know we may be writing some blog posts anyway. What if we got together and did some content road mapping for you? And most clients are going to be like, wow, that actually makes a lot yeah, of sense. And totally. I'll, one of the final things, types of strategy, because we kind of touched on this, paid discovery, brand strategy, content strategy, launch or go-to-market or marketing strategy, growth Mm. strategy, product strategy, UI, UX strategy, customer journey. So there are a lot of different types of strategy you can sell. One of them will probably fit into your skill set. Yeah, I love that. Lots, lots of opportunity there, and and a lot of it you're probably already doing, right? Uh, you know, some of us are just pushing pixels or or whatever, but a lot of us are are doing that strategic work already. 
let's uh, let's find a way to to bring it up a level and then be able to charge your get clients paid. for it as well. So you can get <laughs> paid to right. do it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Exactly. Well, Austin, this has been eye-opening for me. I think it's been fantastic. I think the listeners will really get a lot out of it. I appreciate you taking the time today. It was my pleasure. I always love chatting, Preston. <laughs> well, why don't you tell everyone where they can catch up with you? We'll be sure to link up uh, everything Austin mentions here in the show description so you can just tap and find him. But where can people connect with you, Austin? I'm on LinkedIn most often. My name, Austin L. Church, and then freelancecake.com. Okay, thank you, sir. We appreciate all the insight today. Take care. It was fun. You too. See ya. See ya. Freelance to Founder is produced by the team at Millo. Visit millo.co to level up your freelancing. And Dripify, visit getdripify.com to become a bad A in business. Freelance to Founder is also part of the Podglomerate. You can check out more amazing podcasts at thepodglomerate.com. The theme music for this show was produced by Joaquin Carud. You can catch past episodes at freelancetofounder.com or by searching Freelance to Founder in your favorite podcast player. While you're at it, we'd love an honest review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's all for now. Until next time, see ya.